chapter 4, verse 13, is where we will start. Last week, Paul gave us some good advice to seek to lead a quiet life and to mind our own business. That's, that's good advice for us to consider. Uh, it was good advice for the Thessalonians, and it's good advice for you and I. The letter is kind of drawing to a close here uh, that he's writing to the Thessalonians. And tonight he deals with, with what happens to us. There were some people that were, that were worried about those who had already died. What was going to happen if Christ returned to those who were died there was, uh, or dead? There was some concern there. And so Paul is addressing uh, the issues and giving them some hope and some comfort and some encouragement, which is the same hope and comfort and encouragement that we, we have today. This is a passage that you uh, will hear a lot at, at funerals, and rightly so. It's a good... It's a good comforting word. And so we will pray, and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you, and we thank you for your good word. And I pray that you just help us to hear what you have to say, dear Lord. I pray that you give us some strength and some comfort from these words today. God, even, even today we get the news of, a, of another loved one that we've lost, but we can find hope in promises like these that we see tonight in your word, to know that, God, for those who are your children, the death in this life is only the beginning of something better. And so, God, let us find joy in that tonight. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us. Hide me behind the cross. Free my mind of distractions and worries. And for these few minutes, let us focus on you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. Now, when we see the phrase asleep here, it's talking about people that are dead. We, we commonly see that language in the New Testament, that it talks about those who are asleep, meaning that they are dead. And so Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed about the dead. Why? So that they wouldn't grieve like those who had no hope. Now, when we lose people that we love, we grieve. That is, that is normal. That is natural. I don't think that there's anything wrong with having grief when we lose somebody that we love. But the difference between the believer and the unbeliever is the unbeliever doesn't really have any hope. Death is the final say for them, at least so they think. They, they don't know that there's anything better. They don't believe that there's anything better. But for the believer in Jesus Christ, we know otherwise because we have the truth of God's Word. We have the promise of God's Word, that God will not let death be the final say in our life, that when these old bodies die, God's going to raise us. And that's what we put our hope in, that death doesn't get the final say. And so when we lose people we love that are in Christ, we grieve. But we do not grieve like those who have hope, because we do have hope in Jesus Christ. We talked about that Sunday morning. That, that faith is what is the reality of what is hoped for. And so Paul is trying to instill some hope in the Thessalonians that their faith in Jesus Christ would not waver, but they would stand strong and say, nope, we're not, we're not going to worry about those who have passed because we know that God's word is true. And that's what Paul is trying to remind them of. Verse 14, Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by a revelation from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. And so 
what, what is the foundation for our hope? If we say, okay, I believe that death in this life will not be the, the, the final thing for me, what is the foundation for that hope? How can we have any hope? Well, Paul tells us how we can have hope because we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So if our faith is in Jesus, if we're following Jesus, if Jesus has the power to overcome the grave, then Jesus shares that power, he shares that victory with those who follow him. And so Paul says, look, here is, here is how you can have assurance because Jesus has already done it. It's already been proven that death can be overcome. And overcome through who? Well, he says here, through Jesus. So in the same way, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. So if the return of Christ was to come in the lifetime of the Thessalonians or in our lifetime, then we don't have to worry. God has the power to raise those bodies out of the grave as he will raise those who are still living at that time. For we say this to you by a revelation from the Lord. So where did Paul get this information from? Well, it was a revelation from the Lord. Now, we could, we could sometimes revelations are, are categor. I'm not talking about the book of Revelation. I'm talking about things that God reveals, those kind of revelations uh, apart from the book. Uh, sometimes you might hear those referred to when you're studying as general revelation or special revelation. Now, those are terms that people, people make up, but, but, but they're good terms. Special revelation will usually apply to, like God specifically reveals something to some way, uh, and to somebody, uh, a vision or spoke it to them, you know. That's a very special revelation. That's a unique thing. But we also have things that we may refer to as general revelation. That is things that we see that are not necessarily spectacular in the way that, that, that God's voice speaking to you would be, but a, a good example of that would be creation, that we look around and creation testifies that there is a creator. When we see the trees and the stars, like that's general revelation. Those things reveal to us that we serve a creator. But this revelation here appears to be a, what would be classified by some as a special revelation. God had revealed this to Paul and, and uh, perhaps those who were with him about what was going to occur. And he says, we who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. Now, what these things will look like, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, who knows? There's a lot of, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, regardless of how these things will occur... Uh, they will occur, and victory will take place for those who are alive and those who are dead at the return of Christ. Because he says in verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So here we, we, we see this idea, and, and sometimes you may hear the term rapture. Now, we're not going to break down all the different views of the rapture and when that uh, may occur, how it may occur. There are plenty of different views that Christians hold about that, and you can research those. But, but typically that idea comes from this passage. Now, we don't see the word rapture anywhere in our English Bibles. It's not there, but I believe that it's a, it's a Latin word, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in, in this verse in the Latin. And that, that, that word has kind of carried over. But, but sometimes when people use the word rapture, 
they, they, they have different definitions of what they think it means, but, but it simply means to be, to be taken up. Now, when that will occur, how that will occur, what that will look like, well, it's a mystery. I don't know. I mean, our bodies are going to be raised. Paul says that here. We're going to be given new heavenly bodies, but what's that transformation going to look like? I don't know. This is old and corrupt stuff's going to be changed into something incorruptible. What's that going to look like? I don't know the answer to that. Paul talks about that in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And so whatever it looks like, it's going to be a glorious thing. So all those who have died in Christ will one day be raised. And all of those who are alive in Christ, if Christ return, will all be gathered up to meet Christ. And what a glorious day that is going to be for those who are alive at his coming or those of us who may be in the grave when that time comes. Paul is essentially saying, look, those who are alive have no, have no advantage over those who are dead. God will settle it all and raise all when the time comes and do it in the way that it needs to be done. And so he closes with verse 18, therefore encourage one another with these words. And indeed, we are encouraged by these words. What's the encouragement? One day Jesus is going to come take us to a place that he's prepared for us. We see that in John 14. If I've prepared a place for you, one day I'm going to come back for you. Now, perhaps it'll be in our lifetime we'll see Jesus coming in the clouds. Perhaps we'll take our last breath and we'll leave this old world. But regardless of the situation and the circumstances, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ will be raised. Those who put their faith in Jesus Christ will be victorious. And that is why we have reason for hope. And so when we lose people that we love in Christ... We grieve, but we don't grieve like those who have no hope because we know one day that all of us together who are in Christ will be with God for all of eternity. But we've got to have faith in Jesus. That's what gets us there. That's where our hope comes from. Without faith in Jesus, we are hopeless. But when we put our faith in Jesus, that he died on the cross, that we could be forgiven, and we follow him, and we trust him, and we confess our sins, and we ask him to be our Lord, in that moment, when we put our faith in him, that's where our hope comes from. And Paul says, hey, don't forget that hope. Don't worry. God is good. He'll work it all out. And praise the Lord for that. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these good words. And I pray that we would encourage one another with hope. Dear Lord, during our hard times, the hope to know that you are with us, dear Lord. That you have not abandoned us. That you have not left us. That even in the toughest days, you're going to be with us. So, God, whatever may come up in our life that may may tempt us to waver in our faith. Let us be encouraged by passages like these, dear Lord. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the freedom to come here tonight and to hear it. I pray that if there is one in this room that has not put their faith in Jesus, that they would do so. And God, I pray that you just would give us a good next few minutes as we talk about these we need to pray for. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.